Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast, a part of JewishCoffeehouse.com, the show on where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca, your host. Welcome back to the Francisca Show, Franz Dance. I hope you had a beautiful Purim. I really did. My new music video came out just in time for it, and I hope you got to check it out and share it with other people. I want to emphasize that my offer to speak with single from men and women who are looking for their brochure to reach out to me so we can try and think of suggestions is still standing. And thank you all for your incredible feedback. Today we begin a three-week series on LGBTQ plus in the firm community. On this week's episode, we'll hear from a parent of a gay son. Next week, just in time for International Transgender Day of Visibility, we will have a rabbi on to speak about LGBTQ and specifically the transgender unique challenges. The week after that, we'll hear from a lesbian woman who is married to her best friend who is a man, and we'll hear all about her struggles, choices, and advice. I do want to point out that all the guests have some relation to being either Balchuva directly or children of, which some may take as a correlation. But before you go there, I think the coincidence here is because they may be a little bit more open to sharing more than people who are FFB or for generations FFB. Food for thought. I'm open to continue covering stories like this in the future, so please do reach out if you'd like to share. I am a podcast launch coach. If you or anyone you know is thinking of launching a podcast, please do reach out to me. I cater to everyone and all their custom needs as they go through this process. I hold their hand virtually so they don't have to use all their energy up on the launch. Instead, I help them so they can focus on the actual episodes and creating excellent content. And without any further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the show, Franz Dance. Today, we're doing an episode that might be quite heavy, but our guest is so cheerful always. Not always, I guess. <laughs> but when I <laughs> when I see her or when I come across her content online and when we've spoken before, I've always had a very positive and cheerful experience. So I hope our audience isn't so depressed at the end. But I think we're going to be, we'll see when this mm-hmm. comes out. But I, I'm sure whatever we talk about, it's going to be super educational, interesting, important. And thank you so much, Rachel Weinstein, for joining thank us today. Thank you very today. much. Yes, my pleasure. My pleasure. So we're doing a series on LGBTQ in the Orthodox community, whether it's in the closet, out of the closet, whether it's accepted, it's not accepted, or getting all kinds of perspectives. And today we're here to talk to a parent of someone who came out, meaning we will be having guests on the show who did not come out. So they're they're choosing to live a life where they have a double life. So It's interesting for me today specifically to address the fact that you have considered all options and lying or living a double life wasn't an option for you, which unfortunately is appears like the only choice for many people, especially for more ultra-Orthodox communities 
Hasidic communities. And we're talking to a parent here. So we're, we're not even getting firsthand of someone who is LGBT, but the, the facts and the ripple, all the love. There are a whole bunch of ripples and a whole bunch of uh, spill down, whatever the word is. And it's important to take this into account to hear the outer perspective of the very inside perspective. Okay. So without any further ado, Rachel, Mm. welcome. I guess I could just jump right in to, I know that some people, I can't believe I get to say this, but some people have already heard this story or heard me tell my part of the story because it's it's not only our son's story, it's also our family's story. There will for sure be some crossover, but we're shifting a little bit the focus of the story. But in a probably fairly large nutshell, when our third child, second son, was... 15, 16, no, more like 15, he came out and he will forever, when I did a podcast before, he caught every mistake that I made. So I'm, I apologize to him now <laughs> when he hears this, I'm sure I will know, I will discover what mistakes I made, but he takes issue with the fact that he came out because he didn't, he was ready and not quite ready to come out. And what that means is that we were in our living room in Beit Shemesh. The night that he came out, he was on his computer in a very, the computer was out. I was behind him. I could see what was on his screen purely because I have eyes, not because I was like digging around or anything. And I happened to see a GIF on Tumblr, which I don't know if anybody uses Tumblr anymore. Um, and it was a GIF of two of two men kissing. I did not know how Tumblr worked. I thought he was seeking out this information, not necessarily that we didn't quite know from algorithms and, and, you know, and how content really filtered into our screens. So when I saw two men kissing my heart, my heart actually, I think may have stopped for a moment, to be honest. And he knew that as soon as I said, hey, could we talk outside? He knew, he, he will still say, I knew the question was coming. And I, I asked him and there, there were a lot of tears, first on my end, then on both. It was very intense. It was very emotional. I just asked him, I said, are, are you gay? And he said, some variation of, I think so, which is, sort of like being a little pregnant. (laughs) Like, what does that, like, what am I supposed to do with that information? Uh, Eventually his, I think so. And probably, I mean, that was his, that was his fears were coming out. And then it it came down to yes. And I let him know that I, I love him no matter what. And he's my son, no matter what. He was petrified to say it, he wasn't only coming out of the closet, like the door was banged down at that point. Like there was no, there, there weren't hinges strong enough to repair that door. And looking back, if I'm going to stick with that metaphor, I don't think that the door needed to be fixed. He was in for so long and he needed to get out. And so when he, he came out sort of because I would not quite say that I outed him and because that would be a cruel and horrible thing to do, but I did speak with him directly and it was intense. He told us that he didn't want he didn't want his siblings to know. He has three siblings. And he didn't want anyone family-wise or just he didn't want anyone else to know. And I did tell him, I said, you know, your your dad and I were kind of like, you know, we're kind of one here. And he said, Okay, fine, you can, you know, you can let him know. And I mentioned this on the other on the other podcast. My my husband is really not a crier. I'm I'm all the emotion. I mean, he has emotion, but I tend to take the lead on that one. 
And uh, and you I saw him weep. for the both of you. Right. I, I am. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think he would very much like that description. And uh, when I saw him cry and weep, then I was I was toast. At that point, I was I was done because, you know, if if I'm crying, it's a Tuesday. If he's crying. Oh, dear God. We didn't we didn't know anything. We, we really we thought we did. We didn't know anything. We have learned a lot since then. And there have been some interesting moments with within our family, within, you know, our community, with people in general, with people online. It, it's interesting that this is one of those topics I think we've we've learned since COVID that everybody has an opinion on everything. But it is interesting, you know, that people sometimes forget when they're speaking to me or my peers and friends who also have gay children, that no matter where you you stand on the issue, I really hope if there is anything anyone takes away from this is, is to remember that these are the people that are coming out are not just some people. There are children. <laughs> Please don't mess with anybody's children because it's it's you know there are certain things that are that are off limits and you know i've had people insult my son for being gay which is sort of funny like he also has two legs but you don't you don't insult him for that fact of his life it's it's uh it's a bit weird but i think people need to remember that the people that we're talking about the 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 men and women and and children who are gay or any any of the letters of lgbtq plus they're actually people they're real human beings and in addition within our community they are also really jews and love your neighbor as yourself, be respectful, have derech eretz, be, you know, just be a nice person to people. It does not exclude the gay community. Being nice to someone who, by the way, happens to be gay does not make you, that doesn't mean you just walked in a parade. It just means you were a nice human being. And by the way, the person you were talking to is gay. I just you want know. to emphasize that what you've said is so powerful because first of all, so many times when I approach people to speak on a podcast about certain sensitive topics, very often I have to deal with sure, but I have to remain anonymous. Now you are someone who is not anonymous nope. or a parent and yes. people who are gay or any other letter, they have to very often, they do feel like they are other and it tops all their other titles of child, friend, Jew, all their other titles, gay or lesbian or transgender, that's the top title. It trumps everything else. And they may not even ever have a parent figure or someone they respect ever say that they are our children. And you just said that. And I think I just wanted to make a moment out of that. And for anyone who is curious, the podcast we're referring to is the panel discussion that took place on intimate Judaism with several other people a couple months back. So, okay, keep going. When I ask my son, you know, hey, can you pick something up for me at the grocery store? I do, <laughs> sounds silly to even say it. I, I do not say, hey, gay son, could you please get some milk when you're at the grocery store? That's just ridiculous. That's, he's, he's my son. He is, he's a human being. He is an employee. He is, he's also an uncle, you know, and when he's with his niece and nephew, he is not called we're going to play with our gay uncle. That's just not, it's just not 
how it goes. I don't introduce my other children as, well, these are my straight kids and this is my gay son. I don't do that because that's ridiculous. So he's, he's who he is. My other children are who they are. As a family, we are who we are. And, and yeah, I, I don't look in the beginning. I was, I tried to be as anonymous as, as possible because I, I was afraid. I was panicked. There were times when I was ashamed because maybe I made this happen, even though I knew that that was ridiculous. I did not make my other children straight. So I definitely did not make him gay. And there is something to be said for, you know, it's always the mother's fault. And I, I just don't think that one flies here. I don't think uh, it ever flies. Okay. Right, right. I mean, as a joke, I mean, we are a very, people who know us know we are a, we like to laugh as a family. We like to laugh. We are perhaps a little bit more sarcastic sometimes than we should be, uh, you know, but my son will look at me and go, of course it's your fault. Everything's your fault. And I was like, world peace. He's like, duh, like, <laughs> you know, like, why was that even a discussion? So, you know, I tell him I'll fix it tomorrow. And he says, okay. And then we move on because that's how we deal with our, you know, with stuff. Can I ask you, and I'm sure you've had this question before, whether to yourself or other people, have you ever seen any signs? Have you ever suspected him being gay? before you approached him that night? That night. So, yeah, and no. How's that for a <laughs> politically correct answer? When he was, and even now saying it, is, it seems almost uh, cartoonish. The little kids play with identity. I'm not even talking sexual gender. I'm talking, you know, I'm, you know, poor men going to dress up as a this, as a that. You got little girls who dress up as daddy and little boys who dress up as mommy. Nobody is saying, oh, my God, the whole the whole community is gay. No, it's dress up. They're children. They are supposed to try on new things, sometimes literally, sometimes development, whichever adjective you want to throw on there. But there was one time that he many years ago, my son is 23. So this is 20 years ago. He put on one of my snoods, one of my head coverings, and and he moved his hands like, you know, sort of out. I don't know how to explain that for people who aren't, who can't see the visual. And I remember looking at him. He was just being cute. I mean, he's he was precocious from before he came into this world. <laughs> he was, he's always, he's a precocious guy. And he was just being cute. And he put on a snood and he was, I guess, moving like me. I don't, I don't even know, but there was something in my gut that said, uh Oh, now, if you tell someone, I think my three-year-old is gay, they should in fact tell you to stop talking. They should, because three is a little young to be saying, yes, my son knows who he's going to be attracted to. Three-year-olds don't even know what that concept is. Okay. So he did not, he didn't, he didn't know what, what straight or gay was at three. So he was truly playing dress up. Is it possible that the reason he grabbed for the, let's say for my snood as opposed to something else? I mean, it could have been because that was on the chair. Whatever the reason was, there was something in that moment. I still remember where we lived, what room we were in, how he moved his in. I mean, I, I can tell you the snood was red and it had sequins on it. Like I got the whole thing in my head. That moment made an impression. Right. And I remember telling myself, uh-oh, and then going, no, and just going, no, 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 feeling the panic just wave through me or flow through me and then putting it as far down as possible because I couldn't, I couldn't even fathom the idea. I couldn't, he was, and also he was three. We were still dealing with diapers. He was three. 
as he got older, he was always a particularly sensitive child, but so are my other kids in different ways. He was always the talker who had a lot to say. I don't know where he could have gotten that from. Um, so he, he was talkative. He was outgoing. He really, the friends that he had, he was really true to those friends and the friends that he didn't want to have. Eventually he learned how to negotiate that. He was always very thoughtful. He was always a little too mature for his own good. That may still be the case, but none of those in even even together mean up oh, he's gay but still there were certain little things I, don't, I wish i could you know explain that a little bit better it, he was not walking around trying to quote unquote act gay he was being himself he was trying on different different personalities and different or different personas rather and and, and different identities because it's still okay to do when you're 8 9 10 11 that's still you're still figuring out your life there were times, though, when when one of my other children said, do you think you're gay? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. And we definitely spoke sort of like out of the side of our mouth because neither of us was really ready for what the answer was going to be. One of my kids in particular looked at me once and said, he just got a shirt from the mall. What's up with that? <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> and I insisted that it was uh, unisex. But in my heart, I knew, no, no, I'm pretty sure that's a girl's shirt. He, he also had crushes on girls. So can't be gay if he's a crush on a girl. You know, I remember when he thought he was going to get Taylor Swift to convert because he was in love with Taylor Swift. Uh, that did not happen <laughs> for several reasons. So on one hand, there were signs. And on the other hand, what am I talking? What am I worried about? Like, come on. He likes girls. He talks about girls. It is what it is. But I, but I, always, I always felt it. I just wouldn't let myself acknowledge it because I wasn't, I, I couldn't at that point. I couldn't. What I would like to focus on more is as you transitioned into and anyone, everyone here should go back and listen to the panel because there's a lot there that you've shared. I would like to go and focus more on like once you're and we don't like the word outed, but like once you're public about we are a religious family, I'm a from Jew and I'm going about my life. What's life integrating in society with dealing with everyone's homophobia or religious phobia around homosexuals or LGBT. What's life been like now that you're so many years past that? What can you tell us that maybe people who are at the beginning may want to hear? Well, I will say going back to you know, something I said before that I had felt shame and then I felt ashamed that I was ashamed. I'm a social worker and I worked for many years in, before we made Aliyah in Chicago as a hospice social worker. And lots of people, all the people we met were very different. I mean, there were all different types of people, um, every shade, every gender, every orientation. If there could be variety, it was there. And so when I met with patients or their families who were gay, I wasn't talking to them about you know, the gay thing. I was talking to them about what it was that I was supposed to be in their, in their home for. And I very much maintained and believed and believe that you're there to be, you don't have to love everything that everyone does and you don't have to like everything that everyone does, but you must be respectful that you, there's no, but you must be respectful. That's it. They take up space on the planet. We breathe some of the same air you must be respectful. So that was something that I, and with my husband that we taught our kids. 
when it came inside our our home, I thought, oh, this is cute. This is cute. I've been, you know, towing the line, but now, now what? And when it came to the religious piece, so looking back, I can say, you know, let me see how you're going to combine these two. This should be cute. One of the people that I, I called, we were not close. We got close, but we weren't particularly close, was somebody who's also from Chicago, also made Aliyah. I don't think they were in Israel at the time, but she was the only person I, I knew who had a gay child. And I called her. I think I cried for, I mean, I'm amazed. My eyes were puffy for like days. It was, it was kind of ridiculous. But I, I remember saying to her, what about God? What about, what about, hello, there's a pretty big pasuk. There's a pretty big verse in that, the middle book that says there's a big old no-no. What am I, like, what am I going to do? And I also found myself getting even a little bit more, for lack of a better word, fundamentalist than I at all consider myself to be. Like all of a sudden I was praying for his soul. Like, who am I? That's, you know, <laughs> when have I ever used those words? But I found myself going there. And again, every time I, I said or thought something like that, I thought, how could you say that? It's your child, but I feel it, but it's your child. And it was back and forth and back and forth. And when I spoke to, her name is Joe. Um, she's given me permission to use her name. When I spoke to Joe, I, you know, weeping, I said, I, I don't know what, I, what am I supposed to do? Like, Tower says, no, my son just said yes. And oh my gosh. And her words were simple and powerful. And I think that sometimes there's a lot of power in the simplicity she said that she had struggled with that too. And she said what she realized is that her children's relationship with God is their relationship with God. So that means that for my children who are more observant, I don't get a say in how they worship, how they pray, how they feel about God, how they feel about spirituality. We can talk. I can offer an opinion if you know they're grownups. They're allowed to tell mom back off. They're allowed to. But I I don't get to say this is how it's done, right? Because they're grown-ups. The same way that I don't get that say, I mean again, I can, you know, we could talk, we could share and all of that, but they're the final decisors of what of what they do and what they don't do and how they practice. That is the same thing for my gay son. It's the same thing for my straight children. And is it the same thing for minor children, for younger children? I think that might be a little, I think that might be a little different. And I mean, again, he was 16, 15 when he came out and there was no, there were no relationships happening, you know, at any, at any point, like we were, I think he was still wrapping his head around it. He had known for a lot longer than we did, but the newness for him was that we all knew. And then he was telling the world. So I don't think, you know, that there was, you know, we weren't in dating territory quite quite yet at that point. And I'll want but, to get into that. <laughs> right. <laughs> was there any issues with schools or camps or any social circles that you've had? Any did anyone ask him to not participate or was he not invited to things? Was he asked to leave anything? Were you not invited to things as a family also? Because they didn't want to okay. So I'll 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 kind of kind of kind of bounce with you there. On uh, look my my son I've said before that in our, in our guidebook in, um, in, uh, 
you know, like community guidebooks, like the, the, you know, the, the yellow pages or white pages for the, you know, communities. I'm sure every city has one. Um, there was only one Weinstein family in the entire book, right? Like how, how Jewish is my last name? I mean, it's like, duh. Right. And I, and I've told my husband many times, I said, I think this is quite metaphorical. I don't know that the world could handle more Weinstein's because we are, a, we are a lot. <laughs> we are, we are a lot. And I think that some of that a lotness was already for people, for people who love us, they love that. And for people who don't, that's okay. That's okay. But my son has always been very articulate, very outspoken. So if a teacher, an English teacher, a Hebrew teacher, rabbi, whatever said something that was homophobic or racist, or, you know, really not stuff that you should ever say out loud, quite frankly, he'd call him on it. So there were teachers who enjoyed that back and forth. And there were teachers who did not had having nothing to do with his sexuality. He was in a dormed school around the time that he came out. Our daughter was also getting married within weeks by the, or not. Okay. Within a few months, I just backtracked after he came out. So our heads were in a very, you know, we were, we, we were in a lot of different places and Israel was dealing with a war at the time. So there's a lot of stuff going on that summer, but he started to withdraw from some of the guys in, in the, in this particular school or in the dorm, just because some of them he just didn't like, because not everyone likes everybody else. And there were some guys who were really, you know, we've all been, We've all, I'm sure, done our share of stupid adolescent things. Some of us are overachievers in that regard, and he happened to be in a dorm with some overachievers. So there were people who would say some really, really nasty things that he didn't like personally, and he didn't like just as a human being. And he would, oh, and he would let them know. And then he would just withdraw because- Protect his energy. Right, right. You know, if you bang your head into a wall and you wonder why your head is hurting, maybe you stop banging your head into the wall. So he was already kind of withdrawing. School was never his thing. If any of his teachers hear this, they may have fallen off a chair. He was never his thing, but he was always, I mean, he, he is, he's very bright, you know, and I, you know, I've told him, I'm like, I have papers with numbers that say just how bright you are. So I don't want to hear, you know, I'm, I'm bad or I'm stupid or I'm this or that. But there was a point where we decided, where we realized we had to take him out of school completely completely. And he ended up getting his GED, which is not the norm for high schoolers in Israel. And the reason that we did was because he had been, this one I remember, this this one is particularly difficult. We were talking one, I don't know, it was a Shabbos morning, whatever morning it was. And somehow the topic of suicide came up, sort of, I mean, I guess when one of your parents is a therapist, sometimes some weird topics sort of happened to show up on the table. But he basically told me, he shared that he had thought about ending his life before he came out. And I, that was it. All, all, all bets are off. Every conversation, we're done. We're done. We're done. We have to take care of this end of discussion. And school was starting to, it was destroying him because he was so focused on this this volcano that was erupting within him. He didn't have the energy he didn't have the, the, the mental and emotional energy to sit in a class and take notes because he was, he was coming out to himself too. And 
his older sister is my, my only daughter. His sister was getting married. Like now we're bringing a new person into the family and oh, there's so much stuff. We, we pulled him out of school. Perhaps we should have done it a little bit more gracefully, but we pulled him out. And I said, I don't care what we have to do, but we're going, we're not letting you, we're not letting you, I can't even finish the sentence. I, I just, you know, I just can't because, you know, that, that, that trumps everything that trumps everything. One of the, the moments that summer, again, it was the summer of 2014. It was the summer everyone in Israel and around the world heard about the three boys, the three boys. I have three boys. So that, that phrase resonated with me very differently. It was the first time that one of, one of those wars in Israel that I was in Israel, it wasn't over there. It was right here. And so it was very, I mean, intense, on a, on a quiet day, it was intense. And there weren't a lot of quiet days that summer. And the, the night or the day rather that the three boys were discovered, uh, you know, the whole world cried, the whole world just fell apart. And within, I don't remember a day or two, there was the funeral and it was televised and it was everyone's hysterical and everyone's intense. And then they would later show the, you know, this big you know, gravestone where all, all of them are. And something just like clicked in my head. And I said, there are things I don't have to like that my children do. Any of my children do. There are things I don't have to like about them. They don't have to love everything. They don't have to like everything about me either. I mean, that's fine. It's okay. Cause we're people. We're not just mom and kids. We're, we're people. But if I want to hug my son, I can hug my son. And if I, well, I'm wearing mascara, let's see if I can hold out. <laughs> if I want to tell him I love you, we really do break out in song in our house. We, we really do do I that. I believe you, you uh, do that on the Kalisha Facebook page. Right, I do it on the Kalisha page, right. Right, you know, when people say, you know, whatever, you know, like when Glee was on TV, people don't just break out in song. And I was like, but why? They should, it's fun. <laughs> I don't understand. But if we want to break out in song, if we, if, you know, if we want to ignore each other, if we want to read a book, if I want to say, oh my gosh, can you please get out of the bathroom? Whatever it is, whatever very normal or, or typical or whatever kind of interaction, I get to have that with my child on this side of the earth. And it is, it is devastating and heartbreaking in lots of other words that those mothers and lots of other mothers and fathers don't get to ever do that again. And I thought, you, I remember thinking it was like another voice in my head. You have a gift. You have, you have been gifted for incredible human beings. Don't screw this up. Don't, don't give up. Don't, you don't get to do that. And that's been something that I don't feel like I need to say that to myself, but it is something that I carry with me. I have my kids. Thank God. I'm not willing to, to, they're not, none of them are indispensable. And they are incredible people in their own right. I have had just in terms of community stuff. There was one time where we got the sense that there were a couple of people that might have been keeping a distance from us. You, I mean, I, I would assume that, God, I would hope that most people listening know, or all people know, you cannot catch the gay. It is not contagious. You don't need to wear a mask. <laughs> you don't get a vaccine. You don't even get to argue about the vaccine. It's not contagious. There, there was uh, a uh, moment <laughs> where uh, one of his friends had the mother had told her child that you know, he polishes his nails, and you know, you know what that kind of 
you know, you don't want to be around that kind of influence. And I give a lot of credit to this young man who looked at his mom and said, what influence that he knows how to polish is like, what am I going to catch? It's not transmissible. Like that's just not how this thing works. But overall people were, if people stood back and stayed away from us, they did, I'd say a pretty good job of hiding that that was the reason. And getting Elias in shul or anything like that. Did you have to deal with that? So everyone's, you know, everyone in my family practices very differently. He used to go to shul. I'm trying to remember because I don't, I don't hang out on the other side of the mosquito. So, um, but there, I don't think that he or my husband or any of my other boys or my son-in-law were ever treated, you know, differently because, because he's gay. You know, I have been asked, you know, why do you always talk about your, your gay son? And I don't. I mean, I do when I'm asked to on a podcast. <laughs> well, actually, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and use this as an opportunity because you did mention something, two things. You said something, I love you no matter what. And I want to address that. Number two, you mentioned something like, I don't tell my kids how to live their life. I would like to spend that time, the morning time or the shame that parents have to go through when their kids aren't living the exact religious path that they wanted for their kids. Because yes, there may be one line in the middle book, as you said, but there are other lines and different things right. all over the place. Right. And your daughters might not dress the way you want or sons. Um, your sons might not go to Minion or Davin or put on Tefillin. Your kids may be not keeping Shabbos temporarily or permanently. And there's so many other things. And I'll add in another question to just add dimension. I'm sure your other children had challenges too. How did this affect the entire family dynamic? Because their issues were still real and you still have to parent them and they still need their guidance. And then you have the, I love you no matter what. And am I no matter what now in that category? So anything goes. And that's the question. I have actually told, I did, I do remember telling my son when I said, I love you, no matter what, that didn't mean you had to give me a, no matter what, just why couldn't you have left it as a phrase? Like this is, this is, you know, like advanced parenting of, of a gay child, you know, not, we weren't at one-on-one anymore. Like we, we could, we could make, you know, we could make that joke. I mean, we're, we're absolutely more than at a point, but often when there's something that someone says, there's a, an anger or a sadness, but we're big believers in humor. You know, when I, you know, hear someone say someone very ignorant, doesn't matter in community, out of the community, you know, it's because of the gays, you know, it's, it's up there with, if women, if you just cover your hair, we wouldn't have pick a, pick a disease, right? If, if the gays would just stop, we wouldn't have again, fill in, fill in some world problem. Right. And so fairly recently I looked at him and I said, you know, I just heard they're blaming the gays. And he, he said to me more than once, you do know it's the straights, right? It's the straights fault. And I thought, oh man, you might actually be onto something there because <laughs> you, you may be right. Like we'll, we'll joke, we'll joke about that. But in terms of dealing with the, the religious piece, look, he is not, he's respectful in this house. You know, he certainly, you know, knows what to do, what not to do. Does he bring home a partner? No, we have not actually, we've not gotten that we there have been some interests and there was one 
sort of interest that was more than just an interest. It was difficult, but I actually never saw them interact. So to be honest, I haven't yet seen the partner piece. We've talked about it, my husband and I, you know, and I said, look, there were rules when it was our son and his now wife and our daughter and her now husband. And, and, you know, there are certain things that you're not going to do in my house because it's still my house. And I still get, I still get to play that card. I do. Please don't push me to play it. So what are the things? You're not, I don't want canoodling on my couch. Right. No, but let's say he gets married. Can he come for Shabbos and have a room in your house with his partner? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just wanted those details. Right. No, I mean, I, again, some of these are going to be bridge when we, when we cross it kind of thing. And there will, there are certain things that may be uncomfortable and certain things that we probably haven't even thought of yet. That's the, the joy of having children is that things just, wow, never saw that one coming. But I mean, if he's in a committed relationship and he, you know, which room are we staying in, you know, go to the left or whatever, you know, you know, that'll, that'll have to be that. (laughs) Will I struggle? Probably at times. The religious piece is really difficult sometimes. When I spoke with Joe, my friend, she said that her her child not being observant was almost in a way harder for her than not being straight. Because one, you can't help. I mean, I, I used I really used to think it was a choice. I did. Ignorance there, it's admitted. Even as a social worker? When I was younger. When I was before when I was almost a social worker, I'll put it like that. But being a social worker and seeing my son when he was three, he was three. And I knew, How does, what does that mean that I knew? I don't know, but I knew. <laughs> and again, I could tell you exactly where we were standing when that moment happened. One, you choose and one, you don't. I did not at all. I didn't grow up, you know, religious, real Big Macs and Saturday morning cartoons. You know, they were maybe not as tasty as I remember, but cartoons were great. So I became religious. So to see one of my children not be religious. Yeah, that was, that was hard. That that's hard. He is observant in front of me to the best of his ability. He is, you know, he's, I don't look, we live in Israel. So finding actual non-kosher food, you kind of have to go out of your way to do that. But he's also, there are certain things that, you know, we've talked about certain things. He said, no matter what I do or don't do, there are certain lines that just, you know, you just don't, you just don't cross. I have to, I have to trust him with what those are, but, but he, but he knows what the rules are in the house, you know, Shabbos, kosher, the whole shebang. I'm not going to be following him around the house because A, that would be kind of strange and B, he's 23. But I think it's a matter of, I think even for if you have a child who is still religious, you know, your your family, your kids are your kids no matter what. And that's still where the no matter what comes in. You know, I don't love my daughter more because she covers her hair. I don't love my my son who is not necessarily keeping Shabbos when I'm not around. I don't love him less. It's not our my my connection to them and my relationships with them are not based on what they do and don't do. Because again, their relationship with God is their relationship with God. And, and what about um, your relationship to yourself as a mother, the shame and the guilt? Is there any of that? Or I'm sure you've worked through some of that. I'm not ashamed. 
I mean, I'm not ashamed. I, I'm not embarrassed by any of my kids. Again, there are times they do things that I wonder, really? <laughs> Why? But that's okay. You know, if they ask for my opinion, I will give it, but I will give it respectfully. In terms of, in terms of guilt, no, no, because I, you know, I don't, I don't feel guilty that one does one thing and one doesn't do like they're, they're all really different people. They're all very much the same. They are all very much one for all and all for one. Like, you know, if, if you mess with one, you have officially messed with the, the other three. And now there are two spouses. So don't just, there's a whole army of little Weinsteins and a Levitan. My daughter, you know, like, don't just, they're all one little army and they love each other because they're siblings, because they're family. Not because, oh, I really only like the straight ones. <laughs> That's just not how it works. It's not how it works. When I daven, when I pray, I, I, you know, I have to believe that, you know, God knows what's in my heart, that he knows what's in my family's heart. And that if somebody is struggling, he, he gets that, you know, and will I, here comes this sort of fundamentalist sounding thing. Do I ever pray for my children? Yes. I pray for my children. I pray for their, you know. But I, I, I need to believe that God knows that I'm, I'm doing the best I can with what I got, like everybody else's, I hope, and that I've actually been gifted and blessed with, with a lot. You know, it's not just that my kids are good people. It's that they're, they're the kind of people you, you want around, and I, I respect them. I love them, and I respect them. Can I assume that many parents reach out to you for guidance when they are in this position? I used to be, my husband said I was the, I was, I was the gay mother whisperer because I, when I decided it was, it was time for me to come out as the parent of, I, you know, it was pretty public on, on Facebook, actually just like not even realizing I was going to be so, so public. And I just, I just said, look, you know, this is us, you know, take it or leave it. And then there were parents who came to me very secretly and very quietly my, my son is gay. I think my daughter is gay. I don't know what to do. Can I talk to you? I don't profess to know all the answers. I don't profess to know half the answers, but I do get it. I really very much get it. Are there any observations, something that you feel you've heard other parents express that you didn't personally feel? Certain. If we had to cover some other things that you right, personally some other didn't things. have to work through, but you know it exists and other don't I'm really trying to think I don't or is it all the same it's the same it, workflow it's this is what you right, gotta right, do right. work through and then you'll right where where and ev everyone works through differently I mean they're you know there are different I think the biggest thing that, that's coming to mind is that there are sort of the stages of what each of us from what I understand from other people who've gone through you know some of the stages that I went through were shorter than what somebody else might have gone through somebody else may still be in mourning which is an okay thing for parents to do because the this is hard. And we sort of have this, I, not sort of, we often have this idea in our, our head of what our kids will be like, what their lives will be like. And then they go and become individuals. And boy, is that like, you know, kind of blows up in your face, but there's nothing specific that is jumping out at me right now. We're just all in different stages of, or have been of, of shock and of surprise and of confusion and of learning the terms. There's lots and lots and lots of terms and how you identify it. Are you, you know, terms that we used as, I mean, when I was a kid, the term queer was, was an insult. Like 
you did not say that. You just didn't. And my son now has told me that if you're talking about someone who is gay, you can call them queer. And I'm like, I, I, I can't because that's a bad word. That's that's a word when I was a kid that you did not say. And he will look at me and go, OK, get out of your 80s head. But I'm going to do my best to be respectful. But I think it's a, it's a I think it's definitely different shades of the same types of coping issues. Kind of Thank thing. you so much, Rachel. You have been My so pleasure. generous with your time and your story. Thank you. And Thank you. Thank you. I hope you know you are helping people. I really hope so. I, I'm just going to add one last thing because, you know, Jewish, right? You got to add one more thing. And also it's me. I am very, very, very aware that when an Orthodox child or any child comes out, it is difficult, right? This is something that they have been dealing with for for weeks or months or decades, years, right? It's new to us. It's not so new to them. And it's hard and it can be jarring and it can be like, okay, now what? You know, now what? Children who are not, and children, whatever age that is, who are not accepted. I'm not saying, you know, the parents have said, that's it, we're going to paint the house in rainbow colors and we're, you know, yay, and we're hanging flags. No, I'm saying accepted like, I love you. I love you no matter, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling, but I love you. Children who are not accepted, the rates of suicide go up exponentially for those children. The rates of being, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to spew statistics. There are plenty, you know, the, the Trevor Project has all sorts of statistics on, uh, on suicides and drug use and homelessness and all sorts of other horrible things. The rates of self-destruction in all ways and shapes go up just far too high. And so when a kid doesn't feel like home is really home, that that destroys them. So it's okay for parents and siblings to feel like, and grandparents to feel like this is really hard and I, I don't know what to do. That's fine. That's fine. You're allowed to struggle. But when you don't let your child still be your child, there is a real, there's a real chance that that may end up killing them. And I know that's dramatic and I know that that's intense and I know that, wow, what a way to end the podcast, but it's serious. And, and I would, you know, again, I get to hug my son just about any time I want. If you push a kid too far, you may very well lose them. And that's just not to say the very least, that's just not okay. Don't, don't do that to your kids. They, they deserve better. Wow. Thank you, Rachel. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening until the end. As always, I really appreciate you sharing and talking about this podcast with your friends and family and spreading the word about this podcast. I hope you do listen to previous episodes and check out other podcasts on jewishcoffeehouse.com. If you or anyone you know is looking to launch a podcast, please do make an introduction. You can get a referral gift by doing so. Next week, we will be hearing from Rabbi Moskowitz, a scholar-in-residence rabbi at the LGBTQ shul in Manhattan. I hope you join us, and I cannot wait to hear all your feedback. So join the discussion group on WhatsApp, and see you next week. <laughs>